Hi, welcome to the Happiness Hive podcast. I'm Catherine Bowyer and I am completely fascinated by people and what motivates them. I've spent the past three and a half decades specialising in mindset and human behaviour and I've helped thousands of people to create happy and amazing lives. And now I am super excited to be chatting with women from around the world who I have secret and to be honest, not so secret crushes on. They're women who inspire me. I'm intrigued as to how they do life and what makes them tick. I want to find out their magic formula that makes them who they are. And at the end of the episode, I'd love for you to say, I'd like a little bit of what she's having. The conversations are real and raw. They're full of passion, inspiration and lots of fun. And nothing is off limits. So grab yourself a cuppa or pop on your trackie and go for a walk and join us for today's chat. There may just be that pearl of wisdom you need to hear. So let's shimmy on over and get started. Hey, gorgeous. How are you? I'm super excited. This is the fourth episode in the four-part mini-series about confidence. I hope you've been enjoying it. I've had some really beautiful feedback, so thank you to everybody who has shared with me and especially especially those gorgeous comments about feeling as though I was sitting in a lounge room chatting with you. That's the goal for this podcast is like I'm like we're sitting together and just having a chat about things. Uh, these solo episodes have been a little bit longer because I'm here on my own and getting chatty about things. But anyway, this one is about navigating life transitions with confidence and just general tips about I'm loath to say overcoming. It'd be lovely if we could overcome. But for me, it's about being aware of managing, navigating life with confidence and ease. That doesn't mean that everything's going to go smooth and there won't be times where we doubt things, doubt ourselves, have fear, but it's about how we actually navigate life so that, that, that we're in the driver's seat, that the lack of confidence isn't running the show for us. I had, I'm not sure if, if you're following along Happiness Hive on certainly my social media, I run an event. It's just a, a freebie coaching at the moment. It's called Spark Sessions, Tuesday evenings, Australian time, um, Canberra time, just for an hour, seven till 8 p.m., where you can jump online and just ask me questions that you want to ask me questions about. So if there's anything in the podcast that you want to follow up, you can absolutely access me live and I'll answer your questions and chat with you. And last evening, so I'm recording this the day after one of the Spark sessions and a whole lot of stuff came up about imposter syndrome and it was really interesting even on the back of doing these podcast series and being able to chat with the women there about that, where it actually started was the question is, I've lost my mojo and I want to get my mojo back. And I hear that a lot and I have experienced that a lot. But when I asked, I said, tell me more about that, your mojo. Tell me more about what have you lost? What does your mojo look like so we can go looking for it? And that question in itself was kind of like, hmm, what does that mean? What I was really getting to was tell me more about what it is that we're looking for. So what does mojo? I'm just not excited about work anymore. Oh, okay. Tell me when, when, when were you excited about work? 
Oh, actually, I haven't been excited about work for a very long time. I can't really remember the last time I was excited about work. So I was then asking, saying, so this isn't just a recent thing. This is a continuation. And it was like, yeah. And I said, so tell me more about what's happening for you at the moment. And really, without going into the the nitty gritty of it, but it was around comparing herself to somebody else who works in a very, very different style to this particular person. And the the woman I was talking with said, I feel that there's a pressure that I need to work the same way as her. And that's not how I do things naturally. So it's impacting me. And I said, is that your mojo? Is that the thing that's missing for you at the moment that you're comparing yourself to somebody else who you're never going to be that person? You're wired differently. So you can never, ever be that person. And I could see an, an aha moment, a nice light bulb moment. And it was about, well, what value do you bring and how do you like to work and what do you want to have instead of what's happening for you at the moment? So we explored that. That was the mojo. And really, I guess what I'm sharing here is sometimes we say, you know, I've lost my mojo. Life isn't lighting me up. I've got a challenge with, a, you know, somebody else in my life, a thing in my life. But the, the things that life is presenting us with often are a reflection well they are they're a reflection of what's going on for us and mojo equated to this person this woman not feeling confident in how she was showing up so when we unpack that more about well how are you showing up and how do you want to show up there was this kind of like yeah I don't need to be like that other person I can I can work with her but I don't need to be her So that was about part of the confidence stuff too. And that was a, I guess, a transition point in this, this woman's career that, you know, she, she was at a a different point sort of saying, well, what do I want next as well? So anyway, that just popped into my mind. So we're going to look at life transitions. So confidence at those different stages in life that we go through. And I've shared some of those in the previous episode, certainly about you know, in reflection to having more birthdays and the aging process, the living process. Um, I shared some of that, but just going to look at some different, you know, kind of points in life. And it's all very different. Like there's not just a one size fits all here. You know that with me by now. But life transitions are the moments when we move from one phase to in life to another. That's really life transitions. And they can be planned. Or sometimes they can be really unexpected and things happen and we just have to make that change. So, and it's about really recognizing the impact that those transitions do have on us in life and at different stages of life. So recognizing the impacts that they have. And I know, you know, probably as I'm going through sharing this podcast with you and some of the examples in, in my life, the, a big transition for me, like I've had lots of different transitions in life, but one that sort of pops, pops forward for me now is when I started my own business. So I was working in, for the first kind of 15, 16, 17 years of my career, I was working in government, progressing up that corporate ladder. And I was in the, the training development 
the organizational change space. I was managing and leading teams. I was managing and leading, leading the L&D department. And so I would consider very successful in my career at quite a young age. And then I made a transition to not continue in that organization and to leave there and to, that's when I coincided with becoming a a mum, a wife and a mum. And then I ran a couple of home-based businesses and we, fast forward, we we purchased a, a, a business. John had a sabbatical from teaching. We had a business that went financially shit pretty quickly in the piece. So I, I went back to work, working for a training organization, which I never thought I was going to do again, but I did that as a, it was kind of a money-making opportunity, a financial, it was a financial decision and it was kind of a, it was stuff that I loved doing. But anyway, I was progressing up that organization's ladder as well. So once I started working with them, I really loved it. And it was a great organization and I, I have talked about it in previous episodes, but there was this yearning for something more. It was kind of like the kids were, oh, were they teenagers then? They possibly were young, teen, maybe not quite teenagers, but I had this yearning that I wanted to run my own business. I was never, ever going to be the boss in that organisation I was working for, and I, I wanted to be the boss. So that meant, well, if I want to be the boss, I need to do my own, have my, run my own business. And I started my coaching and training business, and it took me probably a year from this kind of that inkling of I really want to run my own business to kind of go, well, if I was to do that, what what would I really want to do? Because I think I've shared with you before, I've had a stint as a stylist and I was very seriously considering whether to go down that path or whether to remain in the sort of that coaching consultancy space. So after a lot of soul searching, I decided to stay in that coaching and consultancy space. And then it was just like, well, if I'm going to do that business, what would that look like? And the biggest thing that came up for me around confidence, so I, I'm pretty sure I've shared this with you, that I was bringing in a lot of money for the organisation I was working for. And I was personally bringing it in because people were wanting to do work with me, but also with the organisation. But then when I was like, oh, I'm going to go out, kind of I, I become a competitor for that organisation. But it's like, oh, who would want to do work with me? under the name of my own business banner. And I had this real like, oh, I can't start my own business because nobody would ever want to do work with me. And it was this real duality of being very, very successful in previous careers, being very, very successful in my current role, bringing in a lot of new business, creating beautiful, amazing programs that were, you know, making such a huge difference in individuals' lives, but in organisations as well. And then here I am going to go out under my own banner going, who would ever want to do work with me? So I had to do a lot of work around that and what that meant. And it was just like, well, where's this coming from? It was almost like the thing for me was when I'm working for an organisation, I'm working for that organisation so I could separate myself from the, the, the job that I had. Whereas I was starting my own business and it took me back to when I, I did have a stint as a stylist for a bit and I took the no's, the rejections very personally. I took it that people didn't, people were, were rejecting me 
And that pattern was coming up for me again when I was considering to start my own business. And it's just like, oh, my God, this is a story that I have been telling myself. This is a story that has been in patterning since childhood around it's not okay to be successful because successful people are show-offs. Six people who have got nice things in their lives are our, our family term was their poses. So I took the meaning to be that if I was going to be in business for myself, I, I would be a poser. I would be a show off and it wouldn't be okay for me to be successful. So that's what I worked with going. That is bullshit because here I am working for an organization, bringing in lots and lots of money, doing lots and lots of great job for them. Evidence was different to what the stories were that I was telling myself. So that was one of the things. Think about what stories are you telling yourself and be really, 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 really honest and dig deep. A lot of the clients that I work with and even more recently as well, when I ask them, what's the reason that you're thinking that? Why are you thinking that? Quite often I'll get a response, I don't know. Their conscious mind might know and I say, not know. And I say to them, but if you did know, what's the reason for it? Why are you thinking that? And then they go, Oh, I don't know. I'm just going, don't answer me right away. Just think about it. What is the reason? And then there'll be a, a surface level reason. And then I say to them, and what else? Why else are you thinking that? I don't know. You do. You just need to give yourself space and time and think about what are your stories that you're telling yourself. And if you don't know, sit quietly and ask yourself, if I did know, what are the stories? And be really, really honest. Because when we're honest and we get to the bit about, oh, I don't think that it's okay for me to be successful, I can work with that. That's got something that I personally, and if you need help, I can help you work with that as well. So it's about being honest and diving deep. And I guess, so that was a huge transition in my life. It's about running the business. I was the one that was going to be responsible for everything. So there was a lot of learning that I needed to do. But on the whole part, the coaching, the training, the consultancy, what I knew, what I love, what's in my DNA, what I'm here to do. And so I just trusted and followed that calling as well. And sure, I was as nervous as nervous. There was times when I was just like, who am I to even think that I'm, you know, okay to even do this? That for me was the signal to say, come on, girlfriend. That's the old story. That's the old Catherine. We know that we can do this. So let's, you know, learn what you need to learn. Surround yourself with really amazing people and really follow that passion that you're following. It, it will work out okay. And one of the, the things I guess when you're thinking about not feeling confident is what is the worst thing that could happen? What is the worst thing that could happen? I was nervous because we were going, I was going into this business on the back of us having had financial hardship, I was going, oh, my God, what's the worst thing that could happen? We've already been through some pretty shitty worst stuff. What could be worse than that? We could actually go bankrupt. 
we could, is it going to kill me having my own business? No, it might cause a few heart palpitations with stress, but it's not going to kill me. We've been through financial hardship. We've managed that. We've managed it okay. We've stayed together through it. So I'm not sure that there would be anything much worse than what I've been through. So the worst thing would be that I'd have a lot of regrets that I don't do what I'm being called to do in the scheme of things. It's not huge risk. So, so I took that leap. I took that leap. So that's, um, thinking about what the worst thing that could happen <laughs> for you. And some of you will go into that space really, really quickly and really easy and catastrophize a whole range of worse things. Be somewhat realistic around that too. Don't, don't go into complete catastrophizing. And one of the other areas in my life that was a huge life transition was becoming a mum. And, you know, I always, I always thought I would be a mum, but I didn't put, I wasn't desperate. You know how there are some people that are just like, that's their calling in life. And I love that. I knew I'd be a mum, but I was scared because, you know, my mum passed away when she was 36 and I was 12. So when I fell pregnant with Ellie, and that was a year, she's a determined little bloody thing. I was on the pill when I fell pregnant with her, Miss Ellie, determined to come into this world. So she came in probably about 12 months before I was expecting to have a little baby. But anyway, she came in and she made herself known in this world. And I had absolutely no idea what I was doing. (laughs) I read books. But that little kid did not come in with an instruction manual. The next little kid, Henry, did not come in with an instruction manual. I didn't have an instruction manual about how to be a mum. I didn't have a role model. The first baby I held was Ellie. And I just made that up as I went along. John and I, our parenting, luckily we were in kind of in sync around that. But there was a lot of second guessing there. And we didn't have any family support here in Canberra. So we were doing that on our own. Like the kids went to to childcare care for sure, but we didn't have babysitters. We didn't have people coming cooking meals or anything like that. None of our friends had babies at that stage. So it was this uncharted territory and fuck, it was, um, they've turned out all right. They've actually turned out beautiful, gorgeous kids. And I, the, the more times I was stressed and worried about things is when shit happened. <laughs> so about getting in flow with life is when things flowed. So that's, I would encourage those to, and all kids are different, all parents are different. There's, God, I just shudder at some of the stuff as parenting. <laughs> sorry, kids. Sorry, sorry, sorry. But it's about also what expectations are we putting on ourselves? This really ties in with confidence. And what are the expectations? Are we trying to be perfect? God, we we can't. We, We can't in life. There is no such thing as perfect. And if we're putting this extra pressure on ourselves to have, you know, the the perfect tidy house and the perfect tidy kid and the perfect tidy outfit and that's hard to maintain so think about what what expectations are you putting on yourself and 
the situations that you're going through in life? Are you expecting that life is this beautiful roses and unicorns and nothing goes wrong ever? Because that's not realistic. Life throws us curveballs and it's how we deal with those curveballs that we can either let them knock us down or we can actually deal with them and get right back up again. But the curveballs are going to be there. So if you're thinking that you need to be perfect and life needs to be perfect, then that's not, that's not realistic. Gorgeous. That's really not realistic. So thinking about, you know, what, what expectations are you putting on your self? And, and when we're, you know, it's, it's good when we're in control of the transitions. So certainly, you know, I just didn't one day miraculously wake up with a baby that there, there was, well, there wasn't planning in that one because she came when I was on the pill, but I was able to control that situation, I guess, that yes, I'm being a, a, a mum and what sort of mum am I going to be and putting some thought into that and getting, you know, support where I needed support as well. That, but, so it's being able to to plan, but it's also being open and being flexible that life doesn't always turn out how we even think it might turn out. And, and there's a lot of changes and transitions in life that are unexpected, that we don't have any say over. And one of those was when we did have the business that left us in financial distress, that it happened quite quickly it happened quite we weren't expecting that we would be in financial distress in such short period of time we went into that um, business maybe maybe naively maybe if we did a lot of planning we did a lot of research we were given a lot of bum steers about stuff there's a lot of things we didn't even know we didn't know there was a lot of things changing in the landscape and anyway we bought a business that it yet left us financially very uncomfortable and it really affected our plans for the future like John and I had a sort of a a bit of a plan mapped out for what we wanted our future to be like and this was when the kids the 2012 it was probably around 2006 so it's a while it's a while ago now um, not quite a lifetime ago but it put us back financially yeah, that many years. Well, you know, we're back, we're in a really cool place now, but it affected where we were at and it really affected my confidence in around security, I guess, and the financial security. And there was a lot of stuff around that scarcity thinking for a lot of time and, and being, I guess, did affect me when I was starting my own business because it was just like, well, what if that goes bust as well? Like we've been through it and that was friggin' awful. What if we go through it again? I don't want that. So I put a lot of plans in place for when I started my business that we wouldn't be back. There's no way I would ever let us be back financially where we were that many years ago. That was shit. That was absolutely shit. But it was about how to pick ourselves back up. It affected John very much around, you know, just the, his, how do I even put that? His, 
viewer the stories he was telling himself about what that meant so anyway we're we're past that we're we're past that but I guess what it's saying is that life can throw us curveballs and it's how we deal with those curveballs um I've got two gorgeous clients that I'm working with at the moment two young women and both of these women have decided to end their respective relationships that they've been in for you know, quite a few years and they're at a point where they sort of thought life isn't what I want it to be and I don't see staying in this relationship is going to be fulfilling for me in the long term. So they both, um, and they don't know each other, they're, it's just interesting how how themes of when I'm working with clients happens, but they both made that very brave decision to end their respective relationships and you know, I really congratulate both of them for doing that. And they, they did it f- for their reasons around things. But it's what it's brought forward for both of them is that questioning as what do I want in life? Where I'm currently at isn't fulfilling me for what I want. But I, I guess it's that fear of uncertainty. And the reason I say that they're very brave women is that it could be very easy to stay in something that's not exactly what you want because you fear the unknown. And they both took those brave steps to to step out of those relationships and beyond those relationships and to navigate life ahead of them. And it's interesting seeing how both of them are, are dealing with that, that, you know, some of that you know, the process that they've gone through to end those relationships. And then once they've navigated that, to then sit and go, oh my God, what now? What, what, what does that mean for me now? And who am I? Both of them have kind of gone, fuck, what now? Like, who am I that it's, I'm on my own and I'm not in that relationship anymore. How do I even reconnect with who I am and all the bits that were missing? And what there's a lot of what ifs, even though there's a lot of I'm glad I made the right decision. There's a lot of what ifs. What if I didn't make the right decision? What if I made a mistake? What if, you know, life, what if I end up with somebody who's going to be even worse and less fulfilling and what if you know that what if (laughs) and the second guessing I guess that comes with it that's part of that confidence as well so even though they are both you know confident women to make that decision it's then what are the next steps around that as to how do I navigate now that I've made that decision and I for for each of them, it's really about one step at a time and, you know, thinking about what you want and why you've left that relationship, what was missing and what you want instead and focusing on that. And that's for anything. So so we're talking about relationships there, but that can be in relation to anything. If life isn't fulfilling for you now, if you are feeling any sense of not good enough about yourself the the self-worth that we've talked about before um, what do you want instead of what you're experiencing now 
So sometimes we don't even need to unpack the stuff that we're experiencing. It's just about thinking, what do we want instead and how do we navigate to that point? I hope this is making sense. Sorry, I feel a little bit waffly today. <laughs> I feel a little bit waffly. And, and one of the other things I've I've witnessed, and certainly for clients and for friends as well, and myself, experiencing sudden loss, you know, sudden changes, sudden life transitions. And some of those can be around health, that health conditions, that life is not going to be what you thought it was going to be because health conditions are impacting and that can impact confidence as well. I've got, I'm going to have following up from my solo episodes, I'm actually chatting with some women about confidence and one of the women is talking about a medical condition, health condition that she went through and how it really impacted her confidence as well and how it's still, um, how she's navigated with that. That was a very sudden change in her life. So we're going to chat with, um, chat with her about that as well. Health relationships. So relationships ending suddenly leaves an impact on confidence as well. Death of family, friends, loved ones, acquaintances, you know, going through that grief cycle part, you know, when we experience a sudden change, it really is the, you know, going through like that grief cycle that we experience that shock. And it's like, oh my God, I can't even believe that this is happening. I can't believe that, that this is what my life's going to be like. I can't believe that the diagnosis that I've been given or that my partner has decided to leave me, I can't believe it. So that shock and denial is the first phase. And it's, that's a very natural phase to go through. And then comes that anger and pissed off with the world, with looking to blame, just being angry about what is, being angry about what could be, being angry about just anything, the butterfly that's flying past the window. So anger is a very, very natural part of that grief, that change cycle. And some people I work with, they say, no, I just, I'm not angry about things. I'm not angry. I, I, I just love everything. I don't get angry. Mm, I think it's useful for you too. I think it's useful because when, you know, some of them that might absolutely be true. For some of them I've worked with, I know that that's not true. I know that they think that that should be the right thing for them to say that I don't want to get angry because, you know, I've been diagnosed with whatever condition. I think it's about experiencing the emotions, allowing the emotions, but not getting stuck in the emotions. I also know a lot of people that harbour anger way, 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 way too long. They harbour anger. They are vindictive. Their actions are bitter. They're pissed off with just everyone and everything. That's not healthy to say in that state. I think it's healthy to acknowledge it. I think it's healthy for that emotion to 
to move through the emotion, but not to stay in the emotion. And, you know, how do you move out of the emotion? I think it's about sitting with it and going, well, what am I angry about? I'm, I journal, God, I'm, you know, I journal. There are some pages that as soon as I journal them, they're burnt because there's some anger stuff that I have expressed that I would never, ever, ever, ever say to anybody else or share with anybody else that I've even thought that thought, but I've written it down. That's released it from my mind. I've got a very, very active, active mind. It's released it from my mind. It's released it from my body. I've burnt the shit out of it. And then I have discarded that off my property. So the remnants of that energy don't even remain here. So if you're experiencing an emotion, number one, acknowledging the emotion is a step. Then think of a way for you to get that out of your system. Journaling is really good. Talking to people is really good. Like I, if you've got a, a friend, be careful though. Sometimes choose wisely where you, where you share <laughs> stuff because sometimes it's just the act of sharing. We don't want solutions. We don't want people to tell us what we do with it. So seeing professional coaches, I do a lot with people when helping them to navigate their emotions and how they feel about things. I've got some really cool processes there that, that I can take people through. There's also, just while I think of it, I'm not sure if I've mentioned this before, I've got a new program coming out or depending on when you're listening to this, it will be out, but it's called Let's Get Limitless. And there's a process there that I take you through, which is actually about dissolving those limitations. And some of those are around those emotions as well. So it's about acknowledging the emotions. This is part of that um, grief change cycle that I was talking to. Shock, denial, anger. Then when we move through that, then getting to a place of acceptance and acceptance that the the change has happened and the change might be, you know, and this is also for the two, two young women that I'm working with, that their changes weren't, they were instigated, they instigated the changes but this is also a cycle that they go through is going, oh, shit, what have I just done? That shock. Oh, did I really do that? Did I really make that decision to end my relationship? And then they might even experience anger about going, well, why did I stay somewhere that wasn't fulfilling? Don't get into blame. Please don't get into blame there around yourself. Acknowledge that and going, yep, that's a natural emotion for me to, ex- to to experience right now but it don't blame myself for for those things it's an, an experience that you had in life and you've made a decision to move on from that experience anger acceptance so this is where i'm at in life this is what we went through with the financial hardship what the fuck is happening oh my god i can't believe that we have just lost all this money i cannot believe And there was one person, it was, God, it was gut-wrenching. And one person said to me, Catherine, my piece of advice for you is when you're going through shit, just keep going. Don't get stuck in shit because the last thing you want to do is to be stuck there. And that just was so, so, sorry for the language in this episode. I've got nobody here to moderate me. That it was about, I don't want to be stuck. So I just thought, what is one tiny, tiny, tiny little thing that I can do 
that will move me into the direction of where I want to go. And then the, the momentum built around that acceptance. And then it's about the moving into the new. So we go through this kind of transition state of we're not where we were. We're not where we want to be. We're navigating through the transition, but there is light at the end of the tunnel. So it's thinking about where do you want to be and what can you do to get there? And I guess my, it's about honoring your emotions about how you're feeling through those transitions that you're going through, whether they're self initiated or whether they've, they're ones that are unexpected there for you. And I had a, a, a client today. It's interesting how the clients just come with the theme of things. I think I might, maybe my next client can be somebody who has just won the lotto or has a squillion million billion dollars. And then that will reflect in my life as well. <laughs> but it's interesting how the themes of things that go through. But anyway, I was with a, a new client today and she was saying, and really, really capable, really high performing executive that I'm working with. And she's started in a new organization and she said that she's a little bit hesitant. She's a little bit wounded, a little bit fragile coming into this new role because she has come from a really complex, tricky organization where she was in a senior executive role and she was new to that role in this organization. Her predecessors left very, very suddenly and there wasn't a handover for her. And it was just a melting pot of, oh my goodness, what's going to go wrong? Yeah, lots of things were going to go wrong. So how do you juggle that level of stuff going wrong? There was a whole lot of new personnel there and she really, she said to me, she really felt out of her depth going into that role, but she was committed to the organization to help them move through that change. So she was really committed, but she actually said, I did feel out of my depth and I didn't have the support around me because everybody that had been working in this organization had left suddenly. And that was kind of some alarm bells that hearing that story as well, going, oh, what's going on there? But she had said that she was worried coming into a new role that she was bringing some of that fear, worry that she'd had from the previous role, that legacy staff. She said, I don't want to bring it into my new role, so can you help me to actually navigate that? And I said to her, Tell me all about what was going on. How were you feeling? What were you saying around things? And we really broke it down. And she said, I didn't feel confident enough to be able to influence effectively. She said, my last day in that organization, I got feedback from her senior executive. And the feedback was saying that she didn't clearly communicate and she said no I didn't clearly communicate because everything was just so chaotic I didn't have the support I felt out of my depth and I know that I wasn't 
showing up as my best self. I felt stressed and under pressure. And she said, when I made the decision to leave there, all of that stress left. And she said, then I was able to communicate clearly. But anyway, I said, we were unpacking about the new organization and it was a very different organization she's moved, moved to. And I said, what are you worried about? And she said, I'm worried that I'm not going to be able to clearly communicate and influence others for a, a positive outcome. And she said, that's what my role is to be able to do that. Anyway, long, long, long story short, when we unpacked it, and it's like what I said before, it's about getting, you know, on the surface, it was about, I don't feel confident to influence. We unpacked that. And she said, I never had clarity about what was expected of me in that previous role. I was just thrown into it. I was there. There was a whole lot of complexities and I was the one that was expected to fix it. But I, and she was new in that role as well in that organization. She said, I was expected to fix it, but I never clearly understood what was expected of me. And anyway, we unpacked the stuff for her. And what she's going away with, with her task to do today is to get really clear from her senior executives what they expect from her in this new role to get clarity around what it is she's to deliver, what the standard is that they want from her. And I said to her, ask them what success looks like for them. So if you're successful in your role, what does it look like for them? Because you have clarity about what's expected of you. And the reason that you weren't able to clearly articulate before is because you didn't know what you were communicating you weren't able to influence others because you didn't have all that solid foundation so you could just see the relief going oh my god of course of course it's about getting clarity and she said I do I said I've got a you know a reasonably good idea and I said reasonably you need to have a crystal clear idea about what's expected and what success looks like for them so when you are doing the work, you know what they're wanting from you and you then talk to them about how you're going to work with them to achieve that success. And she said, of course. So then when I go into meetings, of course, I'll be confident to be able to influence because I'll know what I'm doing. I'll know what they want. And then we just get on and do it. And it was just, it just flowed from there. So Transitions can happen. They, they, our life is, I, I see it as a roller coaster. Actually, I don't see it as a roller coaster. I don't like roller coasters. I see it as a, a an adventure. <laughs> life is an adventure and there are lots and lots of beautiful, wonderful things that happen in life. But there's also lessons that life presents us with. And the lessons are sometimes the things that don't go how we want them to go. They're sometimes those challenges that we're faced with. And when we learn the lessons, then we move on with life. So life is not roses and unicorns. It can be really great, but there is stuff that will happen in your life. It's about how you navigate the stuff that happens. And when you are able to do that, that's about building your confidence muscle. And the, I guess the steps that that I was trying to break it down into, well, what did I go through when I was starting my own business and giving you some practical 
steps to go through that I think self-awareness is key. I think self-awareness, that self-discovery, knowing who you are, what your thoughts are, what your feelings are, what your behaviours are, what your patterns are, you know, really getting, noticing how you react to certain situations. Are, are there empowering patterns or are there some disempowering <laughs> ones that, that aren't your best work? So self-awareness is key and it's about what's happening now. So if I'm feeling nervous about something that's coming up, if I'm not feeling confident, if I'm doubting myself, what's going on? What's actually going on? Is it that I'm just feeling flat, just low biorhythms? Might be. Like I get really affected by the moon's energy. I get really affected by energy. I'll just say energy. People, places, times of the, the the month and the year, the seasons as well. So that can really affect how I feel within myself as well. So really dig deep, dig below the surface deep and be really, really honest. And the thing I encourage you to say is what's going on for me right now? Why might I be feeling that? And sit with it and then ask yourself, what else? What else is going on? And what's it bringing up in you? It's often not about the thing that's happening. It's about what that is bringing up in you. So the client that I was with today, she'd been wounded from a pretty shitty experience. So that's bringing up in her that it might happen again and she doesn't want to experience that unpleasantness. So she's second guessing herself because she wants to get it right in this new new situation. So what's it bringing up in you and what impact is it having? What impact is it having on you? What impact is it having on your life, your significant others, your family, your friends, your colleagues, your business partners, your whoever, you know, the, what impact is it having on the poor person at the checkout who you're being a bit of a nasty person too. Like think about what the flow on effect is of how you're feeling about things. And have, do you know what? Have your pity party. Feel sorry for yourself. Sit and wallow. Be angry. Be worried. Be anxious. Be even do your catastrophizing if that's what you want to do. Don't let that last too long. I call it a five-minute pity party. Sit for just going, oh, I just don't feel great today. And I just don't, you know, I don't know why I don't feel great. And I'm just going to sit and not feel great. Don't come and give me solutions. Just I'm going to sit in this. For me, if I do that more than a day, I know that that needs some serious work. (laughs) I can generally get out of things pretty quickly. But have your five-minute pity party and then think about, what you want instead of what's currently happening for you. So if you're feeling that nervousness or that worry or that needing to prove yourself and it's just tiring, what do you want life to be like instead? And that was the one I asked the, that wasn't the one question. That was about the, the thousandth question that I asked today with my client. But 
I said, what do you want work to be like instead of what it's been? And she said, I want to be able to go into a meeting and to confidently be able to communicate to the people in the meeting what I've been doing, um, where we're at. I want to be able to influence them so they are on board with the decisions. I want to get their input. But I want to do that in a way where I'm not overthinking and stressing about stuff. And that's where we got to that root cause about getting clarity. Because when you know what they want and you know what you're doing, then you get on and do that stuff. So what do you want instead? And then take some action to, you know, and it doesn't have to be huge action. I know some people are dive in, just sink or swim kind of people. Some are dip your toe in the water and just do a little bit, little bit. Do something. Don't get stuck where you are. Do something that will move you closer to where you want to be. And really reconnect with who you are. So we talked about this, about showing up authentically. Reconnect with who you are at your core. Because when we're trying to do things the way that others want us to do them, or we're trying to be someone else, that's tiring and stressful. When it's you being you and being really true to what's important to you, that's easier. It's not always easy, but it's easier for us to to stand in our truth and know that ups and downs are and roundabouts and one step forward, two step backwards, three steps sideways. That's the dance of life. And if you expect that things are just going to be perfect with no challenges at all, then I, I think that's probably an unrealistic way. And you're probably setting yourself up for a, a harder fall when life does go bit wobbly. doesn't mean that life has to be hard and difficult and wobbly all the time, but it's about knowing that there are ups and downs and being able to navigate those. And give yourself a break. Be kind and loving and compassionate with yourself that you are doing your best. You are a beautiful, awesome, gorgeous human being and it's about recognizing that within yourself and thinking about which part of you is actually running the show. Is it the, you know, the younger version of you who was scared and worried and teased in the school ground? She doesn't need to run the show now that you've got the, you can reassure her that she did what she needed to do to help you manage the different situations at that time, but she can sit back and relax because the you that's in the here and now is in the driver's seat. So I hope, I hope, I hope all of this has been useful for you. My goal is to share, you know, my view of the world, and this is to share some of my views of the world. This is like a tiny insy snippet. There's so much more that we can talk about in relation to feeling great about ourselves and living our best lives. These This four-part mini-series has kind of captured the bits that have just come forward that felt that needed to be shared. And I hope that it's helped um, knowing that you're not alone, that Others um, experience exactly what, maybe not exactly, but bits that you're experiencing. But 
you're not alone and there are ways that you can navigate through this. So I am absolutely always here. Tuesday nights, I mentioned those spark sessions. I'm not sure if they will be running forever, but they are for the foreseeable future. So Tuesday evenings, just follow me on socials and you'll get updates about those. I'd love you to comment and provide feedback in and subscribe to the podcast and share it with girlfriends as well. That would be awesome. If you haven't done so already, you can download the Imposter Survival Guide. There is some just reflective pieces in there just to get you to think about some prompts for you to think about what you might be experiencing. Join Let's Get Limitless. That is a beautiful, if I do say so myself, that's a beautiful program about helping you to just overcome limitations. And for some of you, confidence will be one of those limitations. Self-doubt, not believing in yourself and how you're holding yourself back. So I take you through a whole process of how to navigate that. Also about how to bring in what you want in life and just to sparkle and shine as your authentic self. So if you would like to to join those programs, the details will be in the, the show notes. So it's been a pleasure. The next couple of episodes are still going to be on the theme of confidence, but I'll be back interviewing people and just them sharing their experience. So hugs, happiness, and oodles and oodles of super sparkly confidence coming your way. Love you. Bye. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode. You can spread the love by sharing it with a friend so she can have a little bit of what we had today. And don't forget to rate and review so we can get it into as many hearts and ears as possible. You can keep the conversation going on my Happiness Hive socials. And if you'd like some more high vibe happiness in your life, come and join me in our community of inspired and motivated women at the Happiness Lounge. This is my online membership club and your central hub for everything you will need to be truly happy and bounce out of bed every day living and loving your best and most beautiful life. To find out more, pop over to the Happiness Hive website and click on the link working with Catherine. Until next time, big hugs and happiness.